Welcome to Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. I'm your host, Damali Peterman. On this podcast, we invite you to share a conflict that you need help navigating, and I, along with a guest co-host, will share what we would do in that situation to help you reach your breakthrough. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, I am thrilled to have Sabrina Thompson-Mitchell in the studio. Sabrina, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. A little nervous. Nervous. And I rarely get nervous. Uh, How I can't imagine a Renaissance woman such as yourself being nervous about anything. You know, I think it's because for the most part, at least recently, you've been behind the camera instead of in front of the camera. Yeah, I I like to tell other people's story. I I don't really like to tell my story because sometimes I feel like I'm all over the place and then it's like, okay, what do I focus on? But you're here to streamline me and we're just going (laughs) to, I guess, talk it out today. We're going to talk it out. We're going to do exactly that. And since you don't like to tell your story, how about I tell Uh your story? So, folks, I want you to know who we have here in the studio. Sabrina is a true Renaissance woman, and she just has done and continues to do it all. She was runner-up on season 24 of Survivor. Do you know what that means? That means it was her and one other person (laughs) left on that island gunning for the the grand prize. A million dollars. A million dollars. Woo, that was close. (laughs) She was also one of Hillary Clinton's official cinematographers during her presidential campaign. She was the official photographer for the historic Women's March in Washington, D.C. in 2017. And fun, fun, fun fact, she qualified for the Olympic trials at the age of 18 for track and field. Is that right? That's right, for the 100-meter dash. For the 100-meter hun- for the <laughs> dash, that means she is fast. She is extremely fast. And then she went on to be a college track star. And so you just do and have done it all. I was thinking earlier, how many, if I, I was like, is it triple threat? No, quadruple threat? Is it a quintile? I can't even count that. I don't even know how to get up that high mm-hmm. in the upples for all the amazing things that you've done. Oh, well, thank you. And then I still feel like I have so much more to do and so much more life to live and stuff to give. So I just, I don't dwell too much on it, but and, but sometimes it's good to do that and to see what you've accomplished. So thank you for wrapping that all together with a nice bow. <laughs> I can tell your story. <laughs> the world should know your story. What else would you like to share with us about you? Um, wow. I, I, I am a Southerner that has, you know, was transplanted, moved to New York, but I am from a little small town called Saratoga, North Carolina. 800 people, one stoplight. Wow. Very tiny. And then... Um, Long story short, that's how I started running track when I was little. Um, I ended up going to LSU on a full track and field scholarship. And so for those people that don't know LSU track and field, it's like it's like the Florida State of football or the UCLA basketball. They The time that I went, they had won, won 10 NCAA championships in a row. Wow. So you go there to really become an Olympian. But by the time I went there, I was so burned out. Ended up transferring um, to UNC Chapel Hill, one of the best decisions of my life. Um, So I'm an official Tar Hill. And when I was there, I ended up switching. I I was once a science major, a kinesiology major, thinking that I was going to, you know, be a physical therapist. But then, you know, I like people, I like talking with them. And then when I transferred, um, I majored in communications. And so from there, I said, okay, I, I like talk shows and I like, and, you know, different commercials and, and so forth. And um, 
I ended up graduating from UNC, but but while I was in school, I took three months. I mean, it was against my parents' wishes. Three months out of school um, while I was hurt, I was injured. And I came up to New York City with like 300 bucks and a friend's couch. And I interned for the Ricky Lake show. Oh, no way. Yeah, it was, it was, after, <laughs> it was batshit crazy. Like I saw the craziest <laughs> stuff. But for me, it just gave me a little bit of taste of the behind the scenes, the craziness, and how people told their stories. It was some wild stories, but how they told their <laughs> stories. And then, um, so after I graduated, I went on to the same creators of the Ricky Lake show created the Judge Hatchet show. I love Long that show. Long story. Yeah, it was, you know, hey, they, they would call up, hey, my kid's acting a fool. And we would create interventions with them. And, you know, whether it was taking the kid to fat cam, it's crazy, or taking the kid to Skid Row and having them do overnight trips and doing a scared straight ordeal. And so, again, looking at people's stories. And then I said, okay, I need a job that with benefits and, um, <laughs> and that actually will pay me uh, what I'm worth. And so I ended up going into news at courtroom television and for nearly seven years, just covering homicides, molestations, rapes, kidnaps. And it was just, it was a lot. It was mm. a lot. Um, what I did learn was about the behind the scenes of the the criminal justice system. And if you look a certain way, if you have certain money in your bank account, um, if your your skin is a certain hue, you are treated on a much different playing field. And it really opened up my eyes. And uh, But, you know, it took a toll on me. And then what I did was... Um, I literally just dropped everything and said, okay, I want a job that is fulfilling, that is going to make impact. I took a huge rate cut and went to go teach oh, and wow. in the wildest neighborhood in Brooklyn. And although I, I lived at Brooklyn, lived in Brooklyn at the time, I'd never been to that part of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It, I, I consider it like the Vietnam of Brooklyn. Um, it was in Brownsville. And um, for four and a half years, I taught there. And I think those kids taught me more than what I taught them. But I taught public speaking and debate. And because I have a science background, I taught biology. Um, but yeah, it was fun. And then one day I got an email out of the blue. Uh, producers from court uh, from Survivor. It was mistaken identity. <laughs> I they love were the looking story. for a sixty five year old black lady in Houston who is a professional like bass fisherwoman or whatever. Her name was Sabrina Thompson, and it was mistaken identity. <laughs> and I thought my friends were playing the wildest joke on me. And uh, long story short, two and a half weeks later, I was put on the island of Samoa with 18 other strangers vying for a million dollars. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I said, I want to have fun. And I got to know people and I got to know their stories. That's how I think I lasted that long. Wow. And then I took the money that I, I didn't, I didn't want a million dollars. Um, but it's very common knowledge that the second place wins a hundred grand over 39 days. So I took that seduces the teaching. <laughs> I, I love the students. I don't, I don't miss the paperwork and stuff, but I miss the students. And, um, I invested into the company that I own now called Clue Productions. And I always said, if I got back into media, I wanted to tell the story of the underdog. I wanted to fit. And then somehow or another, I said, the money will come later. And I, I literally travel the world for different companies and businesses and families and tell their stories, do their photo shoots, and um, it pays me more money than I would have ever dreamed of. And I, I work, I would say, half a year and create the other half of the year. That's amazing. And you know what? Excellent job telling your story. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that your time with those students was very impactful mm-hmm. because sometimes I see messages pop up on Facebook from your students mm-hmm. saying, you know, Miss Thompson, oh my God, it's so great to see you. Look what I've done with my life. Uh, and and it's, it's amazing I mean, because you see the kid who 
you know, really, you know, I taught 12th graders and they really shouldn't even have been in my class because they were reading on a second or third grade yeah. level. And I'm just like, how in the world did you get to me? Somehow or another, they graduated. Um, and um, they're holding a steady job. They, they are starting their families. And, you know, they may not um, have read a million books, but they are contributing citizens to the world. And um, that's more than I think a lot of people can say. And so whether or not they have lots of money in the bank and they're CEOs or future CEOs or they are hardworking people every day providing for their families. Um, those are just two success stories. And so. success stories that you had a wonderful role oh. in, in molding those students. And so kudos to you. Thank you. And I think that you're still a teacher. You may not be in the classroom every day, you know, but once, you definitely teach on a regular basis. Once a teacher, always a teacher. And then uh, about 10 years ago, um, uh me and three other friends created Ween, a women in entertainment empowerment network. And, um, you know, we are mainly four women who came to New York as fresh out of college, but we came from small towns who were just like, be a lawyer, doctor, teacher, engineer. If you were a creative, it was like, you were just out of luck, you know? And I said, well, okay, we wanted to be able to create that blueprint for a young lady who's in college who who may want to go against their parents' will and mm -hmm. say, you know, I know you're paying for my college, and I know I'm majoring in biology to go to med school, but I absolutely hate this. And so, hey, so we create this summer program for the young girls to come. And it is, it's like The Apprentice meets Ayanna Van Zandt. Um, <laughs> I fix love my it. Life. There are a lot of meltdowns, um, you know, but they also, we really thrust them into whatever they think the, the, the entertainment business is like. They think it's all glitz and glamour. And I said, no, this is, this is the grit part that the celebrities don't put online and um it, it's tough love and so we start july 1st we start monday that's exciting yeah, yeah. well good luck to the new Thank class you. at ween academy they're gonna need it <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna need it well hopefully in their downtime they can check out your podcast yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so for those of you who are tuning in for the first time you can simply call in our hotline and leave a message asking a question that you're contemplating. And it doesn't have to be a conflict. It could be anything about what's just going on for you, and maybe you're not sure how to navigate it. It could also be an actual conflict that you really want to hear from someone who's not invested in the outcome. With a co-host on the air for the first time, we will play the message and give you some feedback as to what we would do mm -hmm. in your situation. How does that sound? La la, I, I, I'm excited. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit of a, a renegade when it comes to giving advice. So um, I try to put feelings over to the side. So just don't take anything personal. Oh, good. Yeah. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> so without further ado, let's play the first message. Okay, let's rock out. You have, you one, have one message. Hi, Damali. This is Lucas. I am an amateur writer uh, and filmmaker. And um, I'm just you know, working on honing my craft. Um, and one thing that's really, really important is storytelling and like the art of storytelling, um, and particularly when you're telling you know, true stories, because sometimes the truth is stranger or more interesting than in fiction. Um, do you have any advice as to you know, how to tell a story more effectively, you know, how to communicate uh, my, my, my vision uh, more effectively? in both the written and visual mediums. I'm um, looking forward to hearing what you and your guests have to say. Thank you. Bye. Lucas. Uh, Lucas has a great voice, radio voice. Seriously, um, you need to get him on the podcast. Right, I know, right? Um, <laughs> Lucas, I love your question. It was very clear and very direct. Um, well, first of all, the first thing I noticed when 
uh, you asked the question, um, was he said, I'm an amateur writer, amateur filmmaker. Just throw that word amateur out. Ooh, Just throw it out. You are a writer. You are a storyteller. You are a filmmaker. Um you you just are. You already are. And so I think sometimes when people hear that amateur, it, it already gives them a preconceived notion of you. Yeah, you know? and a limit. It limits them. Of course, of course. And so um, pretty much ha- he wants to know how to, I guess, be more efficient in storytelling. Yes. Um, first and foremost, always be authentic and, and raw with your story, you know. Um, don't worry about if you're going to offend someone. Don't worry about, oh, it's going to look this way. Um, if a person sounds like this, has this accent and so forth, you know, make it as authentic as possible. Because at the end of the day, when you say you have the story you've written that you want to pitch, people can always turn you down. So let's just say you are just a lot walking into a room for someone, you know, it's just like, okay, these executives are just like, okay, <laughs> Lucas wrote this crazy, what, what you may think is crazy outlandish. They can, but they can see where your mind has gone or has the ability to go. They can always turn you down if they need to. They can always shave off something. But if you come in rather meek and mild and say, okay, well, I hope they get this and I hope they, they can see where I want to go. You, you you never want to leave them questioning your your capabilities. Yeah. So always, you know, go, go in on a hundred. And I always always tell people it, it's so different in 2019 than it was even four and five years ago, where a lot of people think they have to come in with this treatment and everything is written and so forth. Um, I know people that have gotten deals first time deals literally coming into a table and they're able to just pitch the story yes. in two minutes or less. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, it's kind of like at the end of the day, these executives are busy and I understand you have written this lengthy treatment and synopsis. You know how many of those they get on their desk a day? They want you to give it to them quickly in a vivid way, get to the point and, and also too. They want to be invested in the writer. Who's behind it, you know? Because if you have a compelling story, those people are going to want to pull for your story, you know? And also, too, keep writing. Keep developing. Um, Don't just do one thing that is amazing and then hope to pitch that. Because what what you will find later on, let's just say you, you, you keep writing. You have 10, 12, 5 things on the side that you're working on um, after you've gotten your baby together, you know? Once you walk into that room, you can say, okay, listen, this is what I have. This is what this is about. In addition, I also have four other things that are going. And they're going to look at you more as a package deal. They're not going to look at you as a one-off. They're going to try to find, okay, is there synergy between this show and the three other shows that he has going on? And so you always want to present yourself as a brand, okay? And if you're a storyteller, you're a writer and so forth, going in, let's just say you're, I know plenty of writers that just aren't good in front of people. That's okay. Not everyone is a talker or is an extreme pitch person. I highly suggest that you um, start to learn how to do concept trailers. And um, long story short, this is how I found out what a concept trailer is. Um, There's an actor by the name of Rob Morgan. Um, Rob used to be our next door neighbor. And fun fact about Rob, this came out in the Hollywood Reporter about a week ago. Rob 
it has the most shows on Netflix currently right now as an actor. Wow. And so like he he's part of the Marvel series and then he's on Mudbound and 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 you name it. He has and so I just know Rob, I call him the mayor of Brooklyn. Like <laughs> Rob rides his bike and we go to yoga together. We used to go to yoga together sometimes. And so I don't even I see him as an actor but I don't. He's a friend. And I call Rob up one day and I say, "Rob, I got this 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 crazy idea, but I don't want to go into these these this room talking a mile a minute." How can I get it to them? They're not going to read this, that, and the other. He said, oh, baby girl, you need a tra- a concept trailer. I said, okay, what is that? You know. <laughs> he said, listen, the time, I can't, I can't really tell the, sh- the show because I don't want to give what He said, listen, I'm up for, he said, we, are, we just completed this first show, and it's like one of Netflix's biggest shows ever. He said, when they came to pitch it to me, he said, for me to be an actor on, he said, I don't quite get what you're talking about. Like, like And he said, they had to... He said, listen, we're going to give you a concept trailer. And basically, all a concept trailer is, is a two to maybe three minute trailer where, let's say you're a filmmaker, you you don't have the budget to create a pilot. You don't even have the budget to create one scene, okay? So what you do is you take a mashup of whatever your concept is. So let's just say it's Jaws meets Poltergeist meets some other 80s movies, okay? <laughs> and actually, it was for Stranger Things. So he's on Stranger oh, Things. Oh, wow. And so what they did, the creators, it was Jaws meets Poltergeist meets E.T., you know, of some sort. Mm-hmm. So you have the alien, you know, you have all these things, and these are 80s movies. And what they did, they just took the movies and spliced them up. And, and and it told the story. It gave the tone and everything. And so literally I sat down for a literally, I didn't go to sleep for 48 hours because I understood what Rob told me. And I was searching about for 40 hours of pulling clips from every movie imaginable that fit the tone of what I wanted. And then I sat down and edited it for eight hours. And that, that trailer alone got me meetings with Netflix, got me meetings with HBO, with Hulu. And because they could play it over and over again, it was a two-minute reel, and they got exactly what was in my head, and I didn't shoot one frame. Wow. And so concept trailers, if you can get someone to edit it or you can learn how to do it yourself, because I went to YouTube University to learn how to edit <laughs> for free 99. So, um, yeah, I went to school for TV media broadcast. It was more or less the creation of it, but not the technical side, how to tell a story, but not, you know, how to produce it, but not anything on the technical side. So if you really want to learn something, just go to YouTube and Lucas, I, I think just keep writing. Always keep creating, and um, you never know when that's your script might be hot 10 years from now, eight years from now. The stuff that you're seeing now, somebody wrote that 12 years ago. I mean, that's amazing. I think that's just wonderful advice. And so, Lucas, as Sabrina said, you want to be authentic in your story. You want to be short and compelling in your pitch. I think I heard that the guys who were able to get Spike Lee to invest in the Black Klansman movie had a six-word pitch. Black man infiltrates... Ku Klux Klan. Wow. And he was like, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you're absolutely right. The the more concise you can be about your pitch is a great way to, you know, pique people's interest, mm-hmm. right? Let them ask you more about it. Right. You also said keep writing, have several projects so you can be more attractive or seen as a package so they can think about how they can leverage your talent right. and find out where there's synergies. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned continue to work on your brand. Uh, Make sure you're continuously thinking about your brand and the bigger picture, Lucas. And then lastly, the concept trailer. (laughs) Two to three minute mashups of your concepts. And sometimes you can do that by splicing different 
existing films. Mm -hmm. uh, I should probably make sure that you can do that. <laughs> oh yeah, just don't you, know, you don't put it you don't put it out. <laughs> this is only for the company's eyes only, but you don't put it out on right, right. Because but <laughs> the YouTube. but the but the but the intent of it makes a lot of sense. So you're basically saying you may not have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to do it from scratch. Right. There, there may be some ideas out there that already exist that you can help to formulate something new from it. Right. 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 And so those are some really great ideas. Lucas, please let us know how things are going. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see your work one day on TV or on smartphone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how about we go to the next message? Okay, let's go. Let's do it. You have, you one, have message. one message. Hi, this is Karina Cruz. Uh, I go to college at BMCC with the major communication studies. Uh, my question is, um, when you have your own, like, um, how would you put, uh, once you got your own content, how would you produce and distribute it? Um, would you start with, like, a smaller company or would you go to a big company? Thank you. <laughs> how cute is that? I know. Oh, God, to be in college again. Um, Those are the days. Yeah, I know. Well, I wouldn't want to be there broke again. But anyway, <laughs> um, such a good question, and I think it's so relevant in 2019. Uh, once you have your content, how do you get people to see it? Yeah. And how do you get people to probably invest in it so you can produce it and actually make it? Um, the beauty, and I'm almost, I'm almost envious of college kids now because they have cell phones. I'm telling my, my age, you know, I didn't go to school with like an iPhone, you know? And so the beauty of it is now is, is you don't need a big company to distribute your work at all. You have something called YouTube and Vimeo and, you know, I don't want to say Snapchat because that's so, such a short form, but you have the ability, especially while you're in college, you already have a network there that you may or may not know about, okay? There's someone within your college that is a great editor or is an up-and-coming editor. There's someone who, who does audio. There's some, And so it's up to you to kind of find your tribe. And, um, and from there, they need... Uh, they need experience on editing. So they're, they're probably willing to jump on your project. There are tons of people that want to act, okay? You give them your script. You, you hold an audition right on the yard You know, you, if you don't have money to rent you know, a place to do auditions. And you figure out, okay, we're going to tape next Thursday after we do a couple of practice runs. And if you want to be a director or you get someone to be, be a director, you there are master classes you can take on Facebook where, where Martin Scorsese is, is teaching you online directing classes um, for $99, and you can just get the basics. Samuel L. Jackson is doing acting classes. Um, or there are plenty of free networking groups on Facebook. I'm part of one called, it's Hue You Know in media, H-U-E. And it is people um, of color that are at HBO, Showtime, Hulu, and so forth. They're executives. Some of them don't give their names, but they're on the group on the low and said, hey, there's an upcoming job in like two weeks. I want to hire, so I want to hire an Asian person. I want to hire a black person and so forth. I want to hire more women. And so you'd be surprised how many people um, that you can network with over social media platforms. And so once you get that taped and filmed, sometimes you got to give away some stuff for free. 
Uh, you, you just do, especially if you're just starting out. Um, and one of my first things, I'd never done a, a web series. And once I got it all together and I got some people, some actors in and so forth, I said, hey, guys, we don't really have a lot of money. I said, I put in a couple of thousand. I've, got, I've raised a couple of thousand, but we really need like four more thousand. And so what I did, I said, hey, would you be willing to act and do four days of acting for deferred payment? So should this get picked up? This is how much we'll pay you union rate plus an additional cut of whatever the thing is. And if they believe in your project and they think it's a good project, they will go with it. And what we did was we said, okay, you know what? We're just going to distribute this out for free the first couple of episodes and um, and try to get some traction. So if you know the story of Issa Rae and how she just really got some friends together and said, listen, if you can cut that on button on the camera on and just stay still <laughs> and just follow me through the room. And now she's everything from a cover girl to a writer with HBO and an actor and so forth, activist. And she started off simply because content is king. You know, you can have a shitty camera. It could not be have the it can be pixelated you know but if you have a good story and people start following you the hbo's and the hulu's and and i'm just giving out some names they can see like wow she gained two million followers with this shitty material like (laughs) but it was a great story but it looks horrible imagine if we gave her a budget and access to certain actors what that would look like so don't get so caught up in, oh, my God, I have to have this camera. Or I have to have this lighting. Sometimes if you have to light a scene by taking the lampshade off a lamp and have somebody, you know, you rig it with with an umbrella. I've seen all types of stuff. You have to get creative. You just really want to be able to tell your story. And um, and then so you can distribute it on your own uh, on Facebook, um, Vimeo and so forth, and just try to build your audience. And so, therefore, that let's say you want to go into the second project, um, you perhaps can do a GoFundMe. So, therefore, you can you say, "Hey, this is my second web uh, web series. I did the first one. You can look at the work from the first one here, and we're trying to raise money for the second one, so it may look better and so forth. And you never know who's watching you. You just really don't. And so, um, you know, just start simple and don't. Don't automatically think, okay, I have a story, I want to film, and I want stars and Showtime to look at it. Mm-hmm. There are so many in-betweens, you know. Right now, there are so many platforms looking for content from stars to Lifetime to Hallmark Channel. There's so many networks and streaming platforms um, that are looking for just good stories, and they have the money. But if your story's not good, your story's not dope, um, why should they invest in you? So right now, you you just worry about how good your story is and just keep, keep creating. You can, you can totally distribute on your own. Just don't expect an immediate paycheck at all. So. <laughs> it may take a while. Right, right, exactly. It might take a while. Well, I love that, Sabrina, because what you're saying is the caller was thinking more about uh, how to produce and distribute her content and whether or not it would be with a big company or a small company. And what you're saying is that content is king mm-hmm. and that when you have good content, you can. You're, there are more options than choosing a big or small company. Exactly. And what I heard you say was there are so many platforms available that seem to be user-friendly, like YouTube and Vimeo, where you can publish or produce your own content. I also heard you say that given that Karina is at BMCC, she has a network of individuals mm-hmm. right there with them 
within the college. Mm -hmm. And so there's a way to get people who may have some talent, may want more opportunities to work together. So maybe you put a, a sign up near the cafeteria that says open call, looking for an editor, a sound guy, yeah. whatever you need. And if you can't find a space to hold auditions, just do it right there on yeah. campus. Yeah. Make sure you don't get in trouble <laughs> <laughs> by doing that. Uh, and that there's so many different ways to go about learning more about the industry and how to be better at your craft. There are master classes, there are free social media mm -hmm. groups. And sometimes you have to consider being creative with compensation. Right. That there are many ways to think about it, whether there's a quid pro quo or there's deferred payment, but just be creative. Because it, clearly in the beginning, it's it's no revenue. Right, I was right. going to say pre-revenue, but it's no revenue. And there's more money going out than coming in. And so think about building your audience, their options as we're talking about money for crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. And so just continue to be creative. You're already creative. You told us you have content. Mm -hmm. So we know you're creative. Right. Use that creativity to think about ways to produce and distribute your content, but also to tap into your network and tap into your resources and think big. And also, too, two, two, two things I want to say. Well, first and foremost, once you get your web series together, and I'm assuming you know it's a web series or you can start that way. There's so many film festivals that now have categories of, of uh, web series. That's right. And a lot of these festivals are funded by HBO and BET and so forth, and they're looking for new talent. And so... Um, and, and to enter a web uh, web series in a film festival might be $50. You know, if you don't have $50. I will lend go, you $50. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? There's someone that believes in young people yes. that will do that. And the second thing I want to tell you is a testament of when people believe in your project. Um, and, and if it's good work, I had some really great writers on my web series. And it was talking about just a crazy world of teaching, what goes on the teacher's lounge and craziness. Four four actors out of the you know six I guess main actors, they are now um, a correspondent for HBO Vice News. Um, one um, played opposite his very first acting role in a big major thing, played opposite of Al Pacino on HBO's um, Paterno. He was you know because oh. he, he called me up and I was it's an older man in sixty five first acting gig like ever outside of. The web series that I did, and um, he said, "Listen, I'm playing a, a sketchy role. It's, I'm playing Jerry Sandusky, but <laughs> he said, but I'm opposite Al Pacino." And then the other two, one plays. Um, he also got a role in Billions just for a little while. One on uh, Orange Is the New Black, and the other one on New Amsterdam on, on NBC. I love that show. And that the web series was two years ago. Within two years, these these people have just gone on to do amazing things and some of them were established when they did the role for me mm -hmm. um but they just saw like i said hey i'm not able to pay you but they loved the writing and so you just never know who's gonna come on board and it sounds like a web series is a good way to launch your career mm -hmm. and if you're an established actor everyone always needs that sort of resume right exactly and exactly. so the more work you do the better you you look and the more appealing you are mm -hmm. to these awesome opportunities uh for tv and film yeah Amazing. Well, I'm excited, Karina. I want to know what you're working on. Yeah. Keep us posted. Uh, we love to hear from you and kind of continue to see your journey because you're in college. There's the world so, is the, the world is yours. The world yeah. is yours. You have so many wonderful opportunities. So please feel free to call back. Uh, let us know how you're doing and keep us posted. Well, Sabrina, look at that. I mean, we've had two wonderful questions. Mm -hmm. Karina and Lucas, we hope that we were able to help you. Audience, thank you for tuning in. 
Sabrina, thank you for being here today. Yes, my pleasure. It's I such a joy. Well, you're just fun. I mean, <laughs> you didn't even tell the audience that we went to uh, Sundance together a couple oh, of years right. ago. Yes. And I got to see you in action, working your magic behind <laughs> the scenes throughout that entire weekend. It was incredible. That was fun. Listen, hope, hopefully one day I'll be back there with the film. So Yeah, that would be incredible. Yeah. I'll be there. Okay. All I will right. vote for you. I hope let's, it's let's one of the ones you get to it. vote on. <laughs> ah, let's consider a date then. Absolutely. I'm your host, Damali Peterman, and this is Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. Continue to break through and have a wonderful day. Do you have any barriers that we can help you break through? If so, you can leave a brief message at 646-363-6322 or on our interactive blog at www.breakthroughadr.com. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at the at sign B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H capital A capital D capital R. I'm your host, Damali Peterman, and this is Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. Although I am a lawyer, mediator, and an educator, and many of my co-hosts will represent various professions, we want to be clear that we are not providing legal advice, counseling, or suggestions. Our goal is to provide a roadmap for conflict resolution to generate future conflict resolvers. Continue to break through and have a wonderful day.